Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to our Good Friday service. My name is Ryan, I'm one of the pastors here. It's my joy to welcome you and uh, just to make you feel at home tonight. Uh, I'm gonna read from Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53 verse five. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you that you demonstrated love. God, that you gave it all for us so that we could know you and so that we could have a relationship with you. God, I pray that... Uh, after tonight, we might have a greater understanding of the cross and what you did. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Tonight, we're talking about the cross. It's central to everything we do. Now, death by way of a cross was one of the most brutal deaths a person could die. It was used on the worst of the worst, it was one of the highest forms of punishment. And see, back in, in, the, in historically, uh, they, the Romans would use this on the worst criminals they had. It was one of those things that um, was just brutal. It, it meant that something bad had to be done to deserve this sort of death. I felt like it would be fitting tonight to walk through the story of the crucifixion. It starts with Jesus being brought before Pilate and the chief priests and the elders. He was brought before Pilate. He was accused. He claimed himself as king. But the people, they, they accused him and they mocked him. It was, it was very like, but yet he was guilty. Yet he wasn't guilty. He was spotless. And he claimed himself as king. And in a town and in a place where if you claimed yourself as king, Everybody was on you. You were, you were wrong. <laughs> Caesar was Lord, or some other political person in power was in control. But Jesus came as a king. They were looking to find the fault. And the chief priests and the elders, when Jesus did his ministry, he would go around and they had an eagle eye on him. They would, they would see, oh, you know, oh, you messed up here. And they, but he actually didn't mess up, but they were so keen to the law. And when I say law, I mean the first five books of the Old Testament, the Torah. And that, in Hebrew, the Hebrew word is Torah. And that, so they, would, they studied that. And these people were very, right, they were very self-righteous. And they thought they had it all. And they looked, and they, they looked at Jesus so as to try and find a fault for him, that he was doing. Then Jesus was brought before Herod. Herod questioned him, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and the scribes accused Jesus. They mocked him and they treated him with contempt. 
The crowds cried out, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas. Barabbas was guilty of insurrection and murder. Luke 23, 20 says, Pilate addressed them once more, crucify him. Then he addressed them, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. But Pilate pushed back, but the crowds kept pushing for Jesus to be crucified. And then shortly, shortly later, after he was before Pilate, after he was before Herod, he was delivered over to be crucified. Now, leading up to the death of Jesus, he went to the place of the skull, and this is called Golgotha. Some of you may know that. In John 19, 17, it refers to it as Golgotha. And when they had come to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. While he was on the cross, they offered him sour wine dipped in a sponge. John 19 says this was to fulfill scripture. The soldiers mocked him, and they said, If you are the king of Jews, then come off the cross and save yourself. He claimed to be king, and then they mocked him and said, If you're actually king, then save yourself. But Jesus was actually being obedient. Luke 23 says, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. It was finished. It was done. I think in order to understand the cross, we need to understand the beginning. God created us to be in relationship with himself. This is the beginning of the gospel. God created us to have right relationship where there was no hindrance, there was no separation. And it's, this is fundamental to understand anything about the gospel. Our sins separated us from him. There was a gap. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve fell in the garden. They put themselves in the place of God and they called the shots. This sin caused separation. There was once communion, but now there was separation. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. The penalty for sin, according to Romans 6.23, is death. This leads us to the cross. We deserve death, but Jesus died in our place. He took our punishment on himself. He paid the debt, and he crossed the gap like we sang a minute ago. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain we could not climb. The gap has been closed with the finished work. Now we can come close to him. We can actually draw near to Jesus. The God of the universe is accessible. <laughs> That's a really big deal. <laughs> that is huge. That is, the one who created you wanted relationship with you, and he went as far as to die for you so that could be made possible. Don't ever let that pass you by. His love is great, <laughs> and it was demonstrated in this. Jesus died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin. And his love is shown through that. Now, Jesus' death dealt with sin. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. The shedding of blood was needed for the atonement of sin. 
Only the perfect spotless lamb would suffice. Now, it's order, in order to understand the new covenant, atonement, and I'm going to talk about, the, the word atonement means at one mint. It's a bringing together. It's a coming together. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. But we have to understand the old covenant situation in order to understand the new covenant propitiation. In the old covenant, they would sacrifice innocent, spotless lamb. Every year, they would continue to make sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people. And this was called the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16. You can go and read it. It's actually really fascinating, the various procedures they had to go through. Every year, the priests would offer repeated sacrifices again and again and again, but it would never fully suffice. Then Jesus came. <laughs> Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. 1 John 2, 2 says he is the propitiation for our sins, but not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. He came and died for our sins. He took our place. And I'm gonna teach you a really big word. It's called substitutionary atonement. Before that breezes over your head, just picture this. Jesus substituted himself and then atoned for your sin. He, he came in your place, just like, just like a substitute teacher takes the place of another teacher. It's, it's, if that helps you, I, I hope it does. Um, but he, he came in our place. He offered himself as the sacrifice. He was the spotless lamb without blemish. He took our place. This one-time sacrifice did it, whereas the temporary sacrifices did not. He did away with the first in order to establish the second. The old covenant is gone. The new has come, and this covenant is in his blood. When Jesus was giving, he was instituting the Lord's Supper on the night in which he was betrayed, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood not in the blood of bulls and goats and lambs anymore. It's in his blood, and his blood was shed. Now in the new covenant, we can draw near, not by means of the blood of bulls and goats, but through the blood of Jesus. Our sins were atoned for. Have you ever tried to get in somewhere, but you didn't have access? The blood is our access. It allows us to draw near. It allows us to come close to God. Just like I mentioned a minute ago, there was separation. But now you and I can literally, we have our access card. It's not, it's a way to look at it. And Jesus says in John 10, he's the door. There's no other way to the Father. John 14 says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Only when we trust in him can we have eternal life. He was the way. He is the way. The temporary solutions were put to an end by the one-time sacrifice. He did away with the first in order to establish the second. There were two goats in the Old Testament. There was one slaughtered and there was one sent away. The first one was slaughtered, and this represents propitiation. It's the wrath of God. It's, it's, it symbolizes, in the Old Testament, they would take a goat and slaughter it. And the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. And the priests would go into the tabernacle, 
And they, there was the holy place, and then there was the holy of holies, the most holy place. And they only went into this place, I believe it was once a year. And so they would go in, and then they would take the blood and sprinkle it onto the mercy seat and atone for the sins of the people. This is, and they would only go in there so much because God was so holy. And, and they needed to draw near. It was a temporary fix for an eternal problem. This goat represents propitiation. The punishment was placed on it. The second goat was sent away. And this word is expiation. And this is a symbolic for our sins being taken away on the cross. To sum this up, we're talking about atonement. And so, and we're getting into what the atonement really is. Jesus taking our sins away and and taking the penalty of them. Our sins are removed through the blood by the blood of Jesus. He is the mediator of a new covenant. He appeared before God on our behalf. He took our place. After I started to understand the Old Testament, I've never seen the atonement the same way. Like, it just blows my mind the things they went through, and now you and I, can start talking to God at any moment when we accept him, right? We have, to have, we have to have him in our heart. We have to accept him. And now we are tabernacles. Now we have the Holy Spirit within us, whereas the Spirit used to dwell in a certain spot. It was hovering over the waters, but the concentrated presence of God. Now we have access to him. In the Old Testament, there would be many prophecies of the coming king, the coming Messiah. In Psalm 2, it talks about the coming Messiah. In Isaiah 53, there's so many different parts in scripture that talk about Jesus. And Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. He is the coming king who would then make all things right, who would take the sins of the people on himself. And this brings us, this is good news. (laughs) This is good news that we can have a right We can have a right relationship with Jesus. That's righteousness. We can have right standing. And he wanted relationship with us. In the garden, they walked in perfect communion. And then there was separation, but now there's, we've been brought back. We've been brought back. So Genesis, we we were walking with Jesus. Leviticus, all the sacrifices. Isaiah and Psalms, prophecy of the coming son. And then the, We hit the New Testament and Jesus comes on the scene through the Virgin Mary, who is now our sacrifice. He's our atoning sacrifice. He gave himself as that that gift, that offering. He gave his very body and his blood for you and for me. It changes things when you realize like the power of the blood. (laughs) What it does. And when you believe and trust in it, that sins couldn't be removed by our good deeds, anything we've ever done. It's the blood that washes you clean, that, that sets you free. It, it allows you to, to have right relationship with the Father, to be able to have conversation with the creator who created you. Relationship is restored. It's brought back. We're brought near through the blood. 
when he breathed his last, it was finished. It was a one-time thing. In Hebrews 10, it talks about that, that the one-time sacrifice trumped all the other ones that were made every year back in the, back in the Old Covenant. It totally changes something. And rather than just saying, no, Jesus died for my sins, oh, no, there's a whole history. <laughs> we got to understand it. And that's my goal is that we understand the background so that we can really enter into what Jesus paid for, the blood, as we realize in his body he gave himself. He was that sacrificial lamb. And he was spotless. When he walked the earth, he was without sin. And this symbolized, just like the goats in the Old Testament, they would look for a spotless goat. And he was that spotless lamb. I don't know if this is new to you, or maybe you've heard this before, but I just want to know that, I want you to know that God loves you, and that he sees you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. He died for you, and he went to the depths of Hades, (laughs) of hell for you, to give you a relationship with himself. He cares for you. Death was destroyed, and he defeated the grave. The prophecy was fulfilled. The work is done. Don't miss it. The work is done when he said it is finished. It's complete. When he hung on the cross, his hands hands were nail-pierced, and then uh, his feet were crossed, most likely, and he hung on the cross. It was a brutal death. And then the scriptures say that they broke, they broke the bones of the other two criminals, but they didn't break his bones, and that's actually to fulfill scripture again. The dipping of the wine in the sponge is a fulfillment of scripture. They stabbed Jesus' side. This is a fulfillment of scripture. Jesus' very own family, some of them watched him go through this death. I hope this draws you near to Jesus, not away. He wants you to come close, and he did this for you to come close. We have something really awesome to celebrate here. What Jesus did on the cross. He died the death that we should have died. He paid the the price that we should have paid. Let it sit in as we celebrate Good Friday, as we remember the cross of Jesus. Remember his blood, what he did, the atonement. He brought us near. Through him, we have right relationship. Through him, we have access. The chasm has been crossed. The payment has been paid. Jesus, I thank you for what you did for us. God, that through you, we have right relationship again. That you made a way where there was no way. God, that while we were dead in our trespasses, you made us alive together with Christ. That you paid it all so that we could have relationship with you. Jesus, I pray that your word and 
the truth of your scriptures would sink into our hearts, God, and that we would remember what you've done tonight, that you paid the price for us to come close. I pray that you would speak to us all now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic Tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.